0: Welcome to Through the Bible. I'm Steve Schwetz, and today, as we hop aboard the Bible bus, we're going to be studying one of history's greatest poems of human love, and that's the Song of Solomon, by the way. Our teacher, Dr. J. Vernon McGee, helps us see that even the greater message of this book is its picture of the loving relationship between Jesus and you and me when we know him as our Savior. You can look forward to hearing more about that in today's study, but first, Greg and I want to tell you about a listener who is very close to our hearts, our favorite kind of listener, by the way.
1: Yes, and that is the listener who becomes part of this ministry, and in becoming part of the ministry and not just saying, well, I listen to this program, you are actually advancing the spread of the Word of God by sharing it with others.
0: Yes, And hopefully you're on the World Prayer Team.
1: Yes, of course. You have your personal invitation from Steve Schwetz.
0: Do yes. Your first step, if you haven't taken it yet, is go to ttb.org forward slash pray and sign up today for that daily email. It will change the way you go through your inbox. But let's get back to this point. Yes, but it
1: is a value of ours. And when we talk about our core values, there are things that we aim for, there are things that we look for, and there are things that we nurture because we believe that's what we are all about it through the Bible. And I always get so excited when we hear from a listener who says, whether it's here in this country or halfway around the world, I've been listening, and now I'm sharing it with my family, or now I'm praying for my family, or now I started a home Bible study.
0: Yeah. Here's a here's an example of someone listening. This is Conrad from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, and I love it when people take the ideas that we've got and they actually put them to use, which is the Bible bus passes. So he says... At first, I was very careful about who I gave them to. This is about the Bible bus passes. I didn't want to offend. But then something you said, Greg, helped me. You said, just say, can I share something that's been meaningful to me? Now I find people who are very receptive because they see that I'm sharing something that means something important to me. I don't know if they listened to Through the Bible, but at least they have the tool in their hand, and they are where they've always been, in God's hand. Thank you for making It easy for me to be part of what God is doing at Through the Bible. I'm glad to be partners with you.
1: Wow, that's awesome, Conrad. Glad we were able to encourage you and spur you on to this uh, great ministry. And we hope that others will find their own way of expressing that. And by the way, if you don't know what a Bible bus pass is,
0: Steve, what is it? It's a little card about the size of a business card. Fits nicely in your wallet if you're a man or woman, I guess. (laughs) It fits there. I always have two or three in my wallet. And on the back is a QR code that invites people. If they hit it with their phone, they can download the app easily or they can read or they can engage with the Bible. It's really a great resource.
1: Yes, and we offer them in packs of 10 for free. Just call 1-800-65-BIBLE and we will send them to you. And it's a ministry that you can have. Now... How about uh, what Kent had to say? You want to share that with us, Steve? Yeah,
0: Kent's in Corona, and he says, Corona, California, that is. He says, six months ago, I never heard it through the Bible or J. Vernon McGee. Six months ago, I also didn't know the first thing about how to read a book of the Bible, its historical context, its structure, and the beauty of seeing Jesus hiding in plain sight for anyone to see if they would only just look. My small group leader introduced the Book of Revelation Bible Companion study to us and encouraged us to at least read a lesson each week and the Bible passage every day. You know, I do the same thing with my small group, by the way. That little assignment changed everything for me. Eventually, I also listened to Dr. McGee's fuller explanation. I feel like the study has opened a whole new world for me. Now I'm with you on the Bible bus, and I understand that I'm going with a company of people who have been traveling this road for decades. Well, make more room for me, and maybe some more. I'll bring along with me. This stuff is too good not to share.
1: <laughs> that's I love that. That's that's a byline we gotta use. This stuff is too good not to share, and and it it just brings us so much joy uh, to. To be together with you. And we're talking to you as a listener or someone that is reading or listening through the Bible, whether you're reading a Bible companion. We want you to share that with others. It's a sign of life. It's a sign of spiritual vitality when we have a desire to share with others.
0: Yeah. Greg, let me pray for us as we begin our study. Heavenly Father, we're so thankful for the many listeners represented by these two letters by... Uh, Kent as well as Conrad. I pray that you would bless them in their journeys of learning more about you and sharing uh, the Bible bus and Jesus Christ with those around them. Lord, may you continue to bless the ministry as it goes out. And I pray that you would bless our continuing study in the Song of Solomon as we look to see Jesus on every page of Scripture. It's in his name we pray. Amen. Now let's continue our study of Song of Solomon on Through the Bible with Dr. J. Vernon McGee.
2: Now we come friends today back to this very interesting verse that we have here he says my beloved and will you notice that my beloved is unto me as a cluster of camphor in the vineyards of Engedi now this is oh so lovely all of this is so lovely and beautiful poetic and It speaks of this girl that was keeping the sheep. The shepherd has come, and we've already suggested it'll be Solomon later on. But this also depicts the wonderful relationship between Christ and the church and between Christ and the individual believer who wants to come in close to him and have fellowship with him. Now, she speaks here, my beloved is unto me as a cluster of camphor in the vineyards of Engedi. Now the camphor here actually is the cypress. The New Scofield Bible calls it the henna flowers, and actually the flowers of the cypress are that color. Fact of the matter is a great deal of study has been made by scholars on the mention here of these different plants. And they grow in profusion, that is, the cypress does, in that land and in Turkey. All through that area, the thing I noticed about Turkey, traveling over the landscape, visiting the ruins of these seven churches and of others there, the thing that impressed me above everything else was these great rows of cypress trees. Now, there's... A very interesting statement can be made concerning them, and I'd like to pass that on to you. The cypress is now generally agreed to be the henna of the Arabians. The deep color of the bark, the light green of the foliage, and the softened mixture of white-yellow in the blossoms present a combination as agreeable to the eye As the odor is to the scent, the flowers grow in dense clusters, the grateful fragrance of which is as much appreciated now as in the time of Solomon. The women take great pleasure in these clusters. They hold them in their hand, carry them in their bosom, and keep them in their apartments to perfume the air. And this is Quito's statement concerning... Now, the cypress, and it's well for us to know what we're talking about here. But now will you notice the comparison is made here the bridegroom. And what a lovely thing it is. He is to me as a cluster of camphor in the vineyards of En-Gedi. Now, probably we ought to mention En-Gedi. En-Gedi is the place, and I visited there, is down by the Dead Sea. It's one of these wonderful oasis in the desert. Springs are there. It's where David hid from Saul. And if you ask me, it's a good hiding place. I don't think you could find anybody in those barren hills that are around there. But in Gedi itself, and all kinds of lovely spices are grown there. It's quite a interesting place in that Desolate desert that is down there. Now, the statement is used that he is camphor in the vineyards of Engedi. A row of these trees, these lovely trees. Now, will you notice how beautiful it is? It's a fragrance that is common to it and to the myrrh also. Now, Christ is the beloved is represented here full of attractive beauty as well as an aromatic fragrance here. And I wonder if those of us today who emphasize the deity of Christ as much as, for instance, as I do on the broadcast, I wonder if maybe sometimes I don't give you a lopsided view of him. Have you ever stopped to think how lovely he was in his person, just his human person? When he was down here, he came and took upon himself, you know, our humanity. He was in all points like as we are, tempted as we are, sin apart. No sin in him. And how wonderful he is, how lovely he is, how glorious he is. He wasn't lopsided. You remember in the meal offering, there was well-beaten flour. He wasn't lumpy like most of us are. Now, I don't mean physically, but psychologically. All of us are off in one way or another, tell the truth. Any psychologist will tell you that. We all have our peculiarities. One man was talking to another and said to him, says, you know, we all have peculiarities. And this man says, well, I don't think so, said. I don't think I have any peculiarities. And the man said to him, says, all right, so let me ask you a question says, do you stir your coffee with your right hand or your left hand? And the fellow thought to me, why? He says, I stir it with my right hand. Well, he says, that's your peculiarity. He says, most people use a spoon. And so we have today, all of us, peculiarities, you see. We may not stir our coffee with our hand, but we've got peculiarities. We're lumpy. He was not. He was the perfect human being. How lovely he was. He is the bundle of Kemp. And it's a picture of him as the one that John could look at him and say with, oh, with such enthusiasm and with such expression, behold, the Lamb of God that taketh away the sin of the world. And if you'll hear him, hearing in your souls shall live. Taste and see that the Lord is good. And he was a sacrifice Paul says in Ephesians, a sacrifice of a sweet-smelling savor. He was the burnt offering that ascended up to heaven. And it just speaks to the fact that, as we'll see later, God is satisfied with what Jesus did for you. And he's satisfied with Jesus. He said, this is my beloved Son, in whom I'm well pleased. He never said that about Vernon McGee. And I have a notion he never said that about you. But he was satisfied with Jesus and say, are you satisfied with him? Oh, when I see all the activity today and all these different organizations and all this psychological gimmickry that's being used and all kinds of programs being put in. And we have to introduce this and we have to have this modern music and we have to approach everything from some viewpoint, my friend. Are you satisfied with Jesus? I don't think people are today. They wouldn't be running here and yon over the face of the earth trying to find satisfaction. Some of them going to conferences. Some of them running to hear this thing and that thing, something that is new today. And we've got all kinds of little organizations. And even Bible studies, people can get so engrossed in that they lose sight of the person of Jesus Christ here. How wonderful he is. He's a bundle of camphor. And what a picture we have of him. Everyone that seeth the Son and believeth on him hath everlasting life, hath eternal life. Oh, have you seen him? Do you know him today? And then we're told, let us run the race that's set before us, Christian friend, looking unto Jesus. Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. And then there's something else here. We find that it's a bundle of camphor. We have a great emphasis in the Scripture, the oneness of the Lord Jesus Christ. He's the only begotten Son of the Father. He is the one good shepherd. He's the one true vine. He's the one rose of Sharon. He's the one light of the world. He's the one servant of the Father. He is the one sacrifice for sins. He is the one way, one truth, one life. But in his perfect unity, there is a fullness that is absolutely exhaustless. And may I say to you that he's also a cluster of fragrant flowers. There is the oneness, but oh, in him there is everything. It's a cluster of uh, this one who is the one beloved, the one Christ, the one son of the living father and son of man. Not two clusters, but one. But he has a lot of blossoms, beauteous blossoms, and the fragrance that comes from them, and the innumerable graces crowd harmoniously together in the Lamb of God. While you have in him the faith of Abraham, the persuasiveness of Jacob, the meekness of Moses, the zeal of Elijah, the holiness of Job, the love of John, they're all full and perfect in him." And you find in him truth and righteousness and wisdom and love and pity and friendship and majesty and might and sovereignty and lowliness and patience and faith and zeal and courage and holiness and all the graces. And if I've left anything out, it ought to be included too, because he is everything. He is all and all to us. And Christ is ours today. How wonderful it is, and that's the way that the bride is going to respond here as we're going to see in just a moment. Will you look then at now what the bride says here? It says, My beloved is unto me as a cluster of camphor in the vineyards of Engedi. He is the one. The one who's altogether lovely. He is the chiefest among ten thousand. We're talking now about Christ, friends. What does he mean to you? Now she says, the bride is responding, Behold, thou art fair, my love. Behold, thou art fair. Thou hast dove's eyes. I think this is interesting. He speaks to her and tells how wonderful she is. And now she turns right around and says the same thing to him. Thou art fair, my love. Thou art fair is what he says. And she turns right around, and she says, "...behold, thou art fair, my beloved." Now, let's look at that for a moment. "...behold, thou art fair, my love. Behold, thou art fair." I mentioned this last time. She's the one that said, "...I'm black, for the sun hath looked on me." Sunburn. And what does he say? He says, "...thou art fair, my love. Behold, thou art fair." You see, we've sinned, we've committed iniquity, we've done wickedly, we've rebelled, even by departing from thy precepts and from thy judgments. That is the confession of every Christian, if he's a child of God. And now, what has happened is, the Lord Jesus could say, I've given them thy word, and they've kept thy word. And that's his pleading for you and me today, And as God would see no iniquity in Jacob or perverseness in Israel and wouldn't let Balaam criticize him, oh, he went down and dealt with him. God dealt with him. But he won't let a heathen prophet do that because he sees us today in Christ. Behold, thou art fair. And the secret of the beauty is in this. Thou hast dove's eyes, eyes chaste and constant for what? is it? Why, they have the beauty of the bridegroom, because they have their eyes fixed upon him, and all the beauty is derived. Why, if the eye be single, you remember, the whole body is full of light, and full thereof also of beauty. For if the eye be double, the body is full of darkness. And we need to keep an eye on him, and the Lord Jesus laid it on the line. He said, He that loveth father and mother more than me is not worthy of me. You've got your eye fixed upon the Lord Jesus. Oh, I get tired of all these dedicated Christians that are as lazy as they can be. I've been in many conferences. I hear a great deal about dedication. As a friend said to me that makes the rounds about like I do of these different groups, he says it's interesting where they're always talking about dedication and it. they want to manifest Christ, you get the sorriest service. Man, they're lousy, if you ask me. That's not a good word, but it's not good what they're doing. But they're always talking about how dedicated they are, and they want to serve the Lord. And they're lazy as they can be. My friend, you don't talk about it. <laughs> you reveal it, and you reveal your love to him by It must be manifested in your life. Thou art fair, my beloved. Now, the bridegroom is to those of us who believe he's everywhere. He's beautiful. He's no superstar. He is altogether lovely. And he's fair in heaven. And he's fair. Oh, thou art fair, my beloved. He's fair in heaven. He was fair on earth. He was fair... When he was in a virgin's womb, he was that holy thing. He was fair in the arms of his parents. He was fair in the miracles he performed, fair in the stripes he bore. He was fair when calling upon life, fair when disregarding death, fair in laying down his life for you and me, fair in receiving it again, fair on the cross, fair in the sepulchre. Augustine said that. And he's pleasant. You know, the word is used to describe the wonderful melodies of the sanctuary. Sing praises to him because it is pleasant. That which is pleasant. He's pleasant. He's lovely. Why would people run away from Jesus Christ? He's so wonderful, so lovely. Behold how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity and the agreeableness of a chosen earthly friend, closer than a brother, very pleasant hast thou been unto me, O Jonathan. That's what David said of Jonathan. What can you and I say of the greater than Jonathan, our Jonathan, our Jesus? Can you say he's pleasant, sweet to be with him, wonderful to be with him? He is the one that can bring rest to us. Are you satisfied today with Jesus? God is. Now, he says, also, our bed is green. Well, actually, it is the reclining couch where they sat around the banquet, or the couch that the king would sit upon. And I think it's a picture of the banquet couch here. And it was always strewn with flowers and green leaves as for a marriage feast. And what a beautiful picture it is. Now, I very frankly think that it could be the green grass where the sheep were, that that was the place where they were sitting. They were reclining there. It could be in the palace in Jerusalem. I don't know. All I know is that what we have here is this glorious, wonderful picture. And here is where she talks to the shepherd about his sheep. Here's where she can commune with him. And there's communication. And David put it like this. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. And when a sheep lies down in green pastures, he's full. He's had enough. And he always makes us lie down in green pastures, you see. What a beautiful picture this is. And what a lovely picture it is. Oh, to come and rest. And that's his invitation. Come and rest, he says. Those that are heavy laden. Are you tired? Are you weary? Christian friend, rest in him. As someone has put it, heavy laden and hopeless thou art, seeking peace afar off and passing him who is near, like Hagar in the desert, with the last drop drained from the now shriveled water skin." Thou art ready to lie down and die, but open thine ears, and thou wilt hear one say, Come unto me, and I'll rest you. Open thine eyes, and thou wilt see the well and the green sward around it, and with a full heart thou wilt answer him, Behold, thou art pleasant, also our couch is green. What a picture! What a beautiful picture! And... You remember where he reclined. When he first came to this earth, they put him in a manger. And the last place they put him was in that tomb of Joseph. May I say to you, he went to that place that you and I might sit down with him in green pastures. What a picture we have here, friends. We'll leave right off there today. You see, we're not going fast, but we are going to have to pick up momentum because we're running late again in our program. So until next time, may God richly bless you, my beloved.
0: Our study in the Song of Solomon continues next time with a new picture of our Lord Jesus Christ. Until then, you can reach us at 1-865-BIBLE or ttb.org. Again, that's 1-865-BIBLE or ttb.org. You can also write to Box 7100 Pasadena, California, 91109. In Canada, Box 25325, London, Ontario, N6C, 6B1, or BibleBus at ttb.org. I'm Steve Schwetz, and as always, I'll meet you back here next time as we together make our way through the Bible. Today's study with Dr. J. Vernon McGee is brought to you by Through the Bible, and it's made possible by the generous prayer and financial investments from listeners like you on the Bible bus all around the world.